Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Last week we started talking about something new that God is doing and a new thing springing forth. And I was going to start out this morning and ask if you saw something new as you came in to the parking lot. We have a foundation now on the new children and nursery and youth building. We're so excited to see that continuing along. Uh, and God is going to do new things in that building and new ministries to Lampasas. And we're so excited about that. I also want to let you know that in two weeks, on June 7th, we will restart uh, our nursery and children's ministries on Sunday morning. So uh, for all of you present and those of you uh, watching online, uh, just know that in two weeks, if you'd like to come and, and have your children participate in person in our children's ministries, they'll be able to do that on June 7th. And I think some of our younger families have uh, chosen to participate from home, not so much from the corona, but from wanting their kids being free range <laughs> In the, in the sanctuary, so they'll be able to come back on June 7th. Um, and we've, we, I just want to thank Candy and the people, different people and volunteers that she's had, uh, and, and Amanda doing Spark on Wednesday nights. We've heard uh, some great testimonies from not only kids, but from adults <laughs> that have been watching those. Uh, one, one person said that uh, in the skit that they'll start watching it, and then they have to sit through the lesson because they want to see how the skit ends. And Kenny was like, well, that's the whole reason we do that that way, because we want to try to keep the kids uh, entertained and present in the in the lesson. But it's even bringing in some adults. So we're we're really excited about that. And Cody's here uh, again. I wanted to thank him. He was a special guest, uh, did an amazing performance on this week's uh, skit. So if you want to see him in a way you've probably never seen him before, go online and watch that. Uh, lesson. It's, it's, I think it's one of the better ones <laughs> that, they've, that they've done so far. But uh, again, just remember on June 7th, those, those will be back in person. Well, last week we discussed these new things that we're seeing around our country and throughout the world and that God is at work in the midst of it. We believe he's in the middle of doing a new thing not just at New Covenant, but in the kingdom of heaven throughout the world. And we looked at Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, and you can read along with me on the screen. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We're called to forget the past. And to look forward to the future. We're not called to spend our days mourning the past or looking at yesterday at what once was. God is with us, present with us, the day that we're living in today. This is the day that he's called us to be glad in, to rejoice in, to live with him in, to walk with him in. And then he calls us to look forward to tomorrow, knowing that if he gives us a tomorrow, he will be with us there as well. So we don't have to worry what tomorrow holds. God will be with us if he graces us with it. And he speaks the same thing in the New Testament through the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. He says, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead, and I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forget what's behind and reach forward to what the Lord has ahead. 
We can live with him today and we can look forward to those things that he has planned for us tomorrow. And we can rest assured and not have to fear, not have to worry, because if he blesses us with tomorrow, he will be with us tomorrow. As we started discussing last week, I believe that part of this new thing that God is doing is that he's calling us back to the basics of one-on-one discipleship. That we can only really work on relationships one at a time. Whether it's in your marriage or with a friend or a coworker or anyone, you can only engage with one person at a time. We can only engage with our Heavenly Father when we set aside time to focus on Him. Jesus went away often away from the crowd so that He might have a one-on-one relationship with the Father. And I believe he's calling us to be present in each and every circumstance that we find ourselves in. Whether it's working with him in our relationship with him or with others. One bad example that I want to give uh, to all of you that I'm sure you're aware of is how we cannot be present in a relationship, in a one-on-one discussion when we have our cell phone with us or our smartwatch with us. And I'm preaching to myself, and I I said in the first service, the reason I'm sharing this is because if I don't, there's many of you that I've already committed this sin myself. You'd be like, well, you do it. Yeah, I know I do it, and I'm admitting it right now. And I'm also saying that I'm working to do it less. And that's, I could be in a conversation with someone, sitting at a table across from someone and talking to them, and my phone goes off and you say, hold on one second, this might be more important than you. And we take our eyes off of them. We take ourselves out of that relationship to see what else may be going on. And we do the same thing in our relationship with God. I've started uh, when I'm praying and I do you know, try to practice like Jesus did to set aside to, to time to go aside and pray. I turn off my watch. I power off my phone. I turn the computer off. I turn the ringer on my phone. Because if I leave all those things on, I am as rude and disrespectful to him as I would be to some of you. And it goes off and I'm in the middle of praying and I hear, and I, oh, Hold on, God, let me, let me see what this is. So I have to totally turn it off. And that's, I'm, I've, in some recent meetings, I've taken the phone and turned it off and put it in the drawer and hide, you know, it's like, or leave it in the car. Don't, you know, and that's, honestly, at this point, that's the only way we can get away with it. If you have it and it's on, you're, we're trained. We're gonna, we're gonna look. We have to totally turn it off because that relationship, that conversation that we're having at that moment is the most important one. And we need to be engaged in that conversation with that other person. And when we're seeking our Father in prayer, be engaged and know that this relationship right now is the most important thing. And he's calling us to that relationship first. The most important primary relationship we have is first with him. And once we have that time with him and, and have gotten those instructions from him, then we can go have a relationship with someone else. But I want to encourage you that when you engage with another human being, be present in that circumstance and in that moment. Our vision is that we would glorify God at New Covenant Church by inviting all people to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ through relationship. And that should be our first and primary relationship. I don't know about y'all, but I have to be determined to focus on my relationships with 
him and others. And I encourage you to, to take that time and be dedicated. And literally, we have to think about it and make ourselves do that. I want to look at a parable this morning that Jesus shared in Luke chapter 15, 4 through 7 that illustrates this relational ministry of one. And that's what this message this, this morning is entitled, is the ministry of one. Jesus shares this parable starting in verse 4. It says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. This whole parable is good, and there's many lessons that we could learn from it. But this morning, our focus is on that one statement that's underlined, go after the one, the one that is lost. The good shepherd will leave the 99 that are good and go after the one I believe God goes after the one. If you are in a relationship with him today, you at one point in your life were lost. We were all born lost. There wasn't one righteous, not one. And God came after the one. If you're lost this morning, if you've never come into a relationship with him, I guarantee you there is no question that he is looking for you. He is calling out to you. He is wanting to bring you into a relationship with Him. And if you will listen, you will hear Him. And His Word promises, if we will look, if we will seek, we will find Him. But He is looking for you, and He is calling out to you. And like I said, if you are in a relationship with Him, there was a day where you weren't, and He looked for you, and He found you, and He put you on His shoulders, and He carried you back into the flock. And we can give him thanks and praise and glory for that for the rest of our lives if he never did anything else again, regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves in, because we've become part of the flock. And we're going to look at several relationships this morning. One, like we've addressed, is our relationship with him, that we need to seek him. And then when we come into the flock, he calls us to reach out to other ones that are still lost. And we'll look at scriptures that talk about that. But also, as part of the body of Christ, we're called to be the one for each other. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. We'll also notice and have to realize that we can't be that for everybody. Jesus Christ was the one for twelve That was his small group. That was his one-on-ones. And then he went to the crowd. The Bible calls us in Acts 2 in the New Testament. He said, we are supposed to come together as the body. We're supposed to gather together like this as the body in the temple. And we worship together and we praise together and we encourage one another. But then it says we're supposed to go out and go house to house and eat together and fellowship together. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. It's a both and, it's not an either or. And I think we've lost half of the picture. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning is the importance of the ministry of one that God has called us to. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He's speaking to the ones that have been found, to the 99, and he's saying, if you are with me, now go. Go find the ones that are lost. Tell them about everything that I've told you, of what I've done for you, of the fact that I brought you into the fold, and I will do that for them. Go out and teach them, baptize them. We can't go in the building. We have to go out there. And he's calling all of us to a ministry for one. Each relationship in our life that God is calling us to deserves our time and attention. The thing to remember is that he's not calling us to all people for all things. Like I said before, even Jesus was limited in his human capacity on how many relationships he could have. He did not do everything for all people. I shared last week the story of the man that he healed by the pool of Bethesda. That man had been there for many, many years, and he said he'd never been able to get in the pool. Jesus had gone to to Israel or to the city of Jerusalem many times. So he literally would have passed that man many times before, but it was never the day that he was to engage that person. And even on that day, it says that many people would gather there to get in the pool to get healed. So how many did he walk by or step over to get to that one? But he would go away to the Father, and the Word tells us that he would only do what he saw his Father in heaven doing and only say what the Father in heaven was saying. And Jesus could not have a relationship with every person he ever encountered because he lived the same life that we did. He could encounter and be in relationship with one at a time. And I challenge you to look through the New Testament, and what you will find is every time he engaged with someone, he was fully engaged. Because that was the one. That was the one that that day the father said, this is the one. This is what you're to say. This is what you're to do. And he was totally, fully obedient and related to that one. And that's what we're called to do for the ones that he called us to do. But if we think, well, I don't know the ones that I'm supposed to reach, so I'm just going to try to reach everybody. You'll be overwhelmed. You can't do it. It's impossible. And that's not what he's calling you to. And that's why the first relationship, the first one, has to be going away to the Father and have that relationship and know, where are you sending me? What are you calling me to do? Who is the one that you want me to be in relationship with? He also calls us to be there for each other as part of the body of Christ. If you're in the 99, in the flock, 1 Corinthians 12 12 through 14 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And I love that statement that brings everyone together. And that statement, slaves or free. Physically, you can be a literal slave on this earth, but spiritually, you can be free. And nothing can enslave you. In the kingdom of heaven, in eternity, you are free. Our circumstances don't determine our level of freedom. 
And what we're walking through today or what we experience today cannot affect our spirit and what God has called us to do. And he says it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you were born into. It doesn't matter what your physical condition is in Christ. You can be free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit for the body does not consist of one member but of many. We are all part of one body. God has been speaking this message to us for a long time before the circumstances that we're walking through today uh, were being experienced. We were hearing this word that I'm sharing this morning with you. And I believe now more than ever what we have been hearing is what he is leading us and the church to. And I'm not talking about the church of New Covenant. I'm talking about the church that is the body of Christ throughout the world to have a personal relationship with him. First and foremost, and to go after the ones, the ones that are lost, but one at a time, fully engaged. And to be there as brothers and sisters in Christ to encourage one another, pray for one another, one at a time. And again, this doesn't, we're not saying we're not going to have our, our life groups or gather in tens or twenties or thirties or like this. Like I said, Acts is very clear. We do both. We need both. We need it all. But we've weighted ourselves heavy on the group and gone away from the ministry of the one. And I'll be real honest with you this morning. I didn't share this with the first uh, service. I thought about it earlier, but it didn't come to mind as I was sharing the early service. But um, to be honest, this is easier for me than to talk to one. This is easier. I can proclaim. I can be bold. I can share this to a group like this or even thousands, and that wouldn't shake me. But to minister to one is a whole other story. But that's what God has called all of us to. I can't disciple in this scenario. We can encourage. We can give a word. I would say the most important thing we do to get to, together when we gather is what we did a few minutes ago, giving God thanks and praise and worshiping together. And this can't be your relationship with God. This can't be all that you get. You have to go away. You have to seek Him. You have to read His Word. You have to put it into you. You have to know what you believe because a day could come where we can't do this anymore. There's countries in the world that can't do this now. There's states in our country that can't do this this morning. We're seeing a new thing and God's saying we have to be ready to be the one, one on one. And it's hard and we have to make ourselves do it just like we would have to make ourselves set aside the distractions so we can be present to the one that God has called us to in the moment that he has called us to. We've been working on a plan and a process for this for a long time. Uh, actually, again, long before all this started, uh, this, this actually kind of delayed it because we uh, talked about launching this on Easter Sunday, but we didn't meet Easter Sunday. And thanks to Pastor Daryl and Fernando Ariano, they have been working on a class, a, a multiple classes called the Discipleship and Growth Track uh, that we're looking at launching in July. And these classes will walk you through how to connect 
to this part of the body of Christ that we call New Covenant Church if you uh, would like to get more connected and if this is where you feel like God is calling you. But it's also going to have pieces, and, and you could take one or all of these classes, but there's a class that will focus on helping you to discover your spiritual giftings and a class that will walk you through finding and understanding your redemptive gifts and will provide you with opportunities uh, coming up in the in the coming weeks to sign up for those classes and, and take part in those. But what I want to tell you is this isn't going to, you know, we're not going to say the Lord says this is the plan for you. This is just going to help highlight the giftings, the natural giftings uh, that he's already put into you and give you some possibilities of where God might be calling you based on what he's put in you. You still have to do the hard work of seeking him yourself, of going into a way to pray, to ask him, Father, what are you calling me to? Who are the ones that you have put in my life to engage with and minister to and be ministered to by The overarching theme of this process is going to be one body, one team. And we'll start using this kind of around in in the material that will be presented. But the point of this, that one body is not the body of New Covenant Church. That body is referring to the body of Christ that we're all members of. And it doesn't, the team isn't just talking about the teams that are in our four walls. It doesn't matter if you're a greeter or on the worship team or in nursery or children's or wherever. It doesn't matter if God's called you to be on short-term missions or long-term missions or work at the local mission or to the students in your classroom or to the coworkers that you work with. Wherever he has called you to be, you're part of this team. It's not about the ministries that happen in a building or in the building down the street or the other buildings down the street. We're all part of the same body. And Jesus Christ said, go, teach, disciple, baptize, engage with the one that I call you to today. And there's none of us that can't do that, that can't hear that call and can't be obedient to do what he's calling us to do when it's with one person. We can do that, and we're all called to that. And whatever he's calling you to do, our commitment at New Covenant Church and where we're believing he's leading us to go in this new thing, and I would say it's a resurgence of the old thing. It's just discipleship. But we've lost the one-on-one discipleship, the one-on-one relationship, and I think the new thing that God is doing is taking us back to the old thing. In addition with uh, this statement, the one body, one team, we're uh, going to also have a statement that says reach one. And this is also just to remind us that we will reach one at a time. That time we talked last week, I gave you an example of a marriage. We can only work on our relationship with our spouse one-on-one. It doesn't matter if you have one child or ten children You can only work on a relationship with them individually. Each one is unique. Each one is different. We have to engage with them them as an individual. And they have to engage with us to have a relationship. And God is calling us to reach out to one. Wherever God is calling you, there's not a hierarchy to ministry. 
what God has called me to is not more important than what he has called you to. It doesn't matter if you are, if you are serving, if he's called you to serve in a ministry here at the church, if you're on stage leading worship or behind the scenes making coffee or greeting at the door or in a classroom with children. If that is what he's called you to, that is the most important ministry you could be part of. And if he hasn't called you to anything in these four walls, but out into the community, that is the most important ministry you could be part of. The most important ministry, the most, uh, the highest calling that you could ever have is the calling that he has for you. The plan and purpose that he has for you, the one that he called and where he called you to and what he called you to be. If we shirk off that responsibility and find something that's more important or seems more glamorous, we'll be doing less than what he called us to do because that's not what he called us to. The best thing, the highest thing you can ever do is answer his call and do what he called you to do. Be the part that he called you to play. Watching that video that we started out with this morning, uh, Makes me miss Reagan for when I <laughs> I grew up with him as as the first memory of any president I ever had. It was it, he was a good one. <laughs> so, but those words that he shared and how powerful that was. But he said, "How many of those young men gave up the life that they had? Two lives, that life and the, what was ahead. But they were called to that. That was their purpose. That was their calling in life. God had a plan for them, and they did it. They fulfilled it." And it doesn't seem right and it doesn't seem fair. There's another man that Jesus healed that it says, was it, does it give his age? Was he like 30? I think I, I was randomly saying ages in the first one, but I think it may say he's like around 30 or something. But there was a man that had been blind his whole life. And they said to Jesus, who sinned, his parents or him? Why was he blind his whole life? And Jesus said, nobody sinned. He was blind so that I could heal him today and God might get the glory. And we would look at that, or I've read that story, and I'm like, man, how could you, God? That's not fair. You know, that guy suffered through a whole lifetime of blindness just so you could get some glory. Like, none of that makes sense to us. How is it right that somebody's whole purpose in life was to live to 18 and die on a battlefield? Hebrews is full of scriptures about people that says that we're literally sawn in half, and we don't even have their names. But that's what they were called to. That was their purpose. And they did it. And to this day, whether it was a hundred years ago or thousands of years ago, the people who did what God called them to do, those ripples, those actions are still going today because God put them to work and they did what they were supposed to do. And that's what we're called to do, to be the one that he called us to be in the place that he called us to be and to be present when we're there. And we can reach one. All of this is to encourage us and remind us to connect with one another, to hear God and serve him where he leads, whether that's inside our walls or outside. And who's the ones that are in our life and circle that he's calling us to reach? Never forgetting that the one that is first and foremost is our relationship with our Heavenly Father. So anytime that you see one of these ones, remember that we're one body. We're all part of the same body. 
And it doesn't matter what part of that body or what part of the team you're on. And whether it's inside of the house or outside of the house, you're part of the same team. And it's not just the team of New Covenant Church. It's the team of the body of Christ, the 99. And First Baptist is part of that team. And the Methodist Church is part of that team. And CTRC and every other church in our community and every other church in our state, in our nation, in our world, everyone that God has called is part of the same body and part of the same team. And we're not supposed to be them. And they're not supposed to be us. And you're not supposed to be me. And I'm not supposed to be you. We're to be the one that he called us to be. And we can all do that. And never be overwhelmed and never be overburdened because we'll be doing what he created us to do and that he's walking with us and making the way to do what we're supposed to do. We have to be ready to reach out to the one. God's doing a new thing and he's calling us to walk with him in it. The whole point of this message is to encourage you to seek the Lord with everything you have, with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, and make sure your relationship with him is your first priority, and then to respond to him as he leads. Without question, he has called us all to reach out to the one, the lost ones, the hurting ones, the lonely ones, the fearful ones. And the ones that make up the body of Christ and all the other ones that are out there yet to be found. Let him lead you to the one he has for you. And be committed in that relationship and focused and totally present when he brings you there that you might do what he's called you to do. Will you bow your head with me as we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We do. We come before you this morning into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. Lord, with a humble heart, acknowledging you are king, you are Lord. Everything you do is beyond our comprehension or understanding, Lord. And we can't even try to understand. But what we do know is your good and you sought us out when we were lost and you put us on your shoulders and brought us home and you call us to reach out to those that are still lost and anyone lost today you are looking for them and searching for them that they might be found Lord I pray that each one of us would seek you first seek your kingdom first And we ask that your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. Let your will be done, Father. Let our ears be open to hear your voice. Our eyes be open to see what you're doing, that we might walk with you in it today. And that we would only be responsible for the one and the ones that you call us to, Lord. Show us the way. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 